Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Welcome in. Friday edition of our program. Big news out there since we spoke last yesterday. Race Thompson is going to return to Indiana for a sixth year. He announced yesterday afternoon, six foot eight power forward, Indiana's third leading scorer at 11.1 points per game last season. And he was the team's second leading rebounder at 7.5 rebounds per game last season as well. So uh, a big piece to the front court for next season is in place. You still have Trace Jackson Davis, who's testing the NBA waters. I think the thought is, though, there's a great chance, a percentage, that uh, Trace Jackson Davis comes back to Indiana. We'll see how things play out in the coming weeks. And don't forget, you kind of have, I guess you consider him front court, uh, Jordan Geronimo hanging in the balance as well. He's not said anything Either way, as far as if he plans to stay or return uh, to IU next season. But that's a big, I think, plus for Mike Woodson in year two next season. A big plus for Indiana as well. And I think helps keep Indiana in the mix or competitive next year, regardless of what Trace Jackson Davis does. I think Indiana still has to figure a few things out as far as the transfer portal goes. But uh, Race Thompson back for a unprecedented six year of college basketball. Can you imagine in the 80s or the 90s ever thinking about a player being in school this long that didn't have some crazy medical situation or uh, that allowed him to to recoup some years of eligibility. Uh, but for Race Thompson, COVID and, uh, you know, graduate years and so many different things at this odd time we're in, this transitional period, I think is how we're going to look back on this time in college hoops. But uh, Race is back for a six-year at Indiana. So uh, another year in Bloomington for him. And, you know, he, he mentioned, uh, and I'm paraphrasing here, but he was coming back because – of his trust in Mike Woodson and helping him develop his game for the future. So obviously he has professional basketball aspirations. It may not be the NBA, but uh, he may uh, likely, I would think, could go overseas and and, uh, do well. So Race Thompson is back. That's a big note for the roster for next season. Obviously we'll discuss that a lot today. But welcome into the show. Let's take a look at the lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one, we've got more headlines, including more on Race Thompson's return to IU next season coming up. Later in the hour, Dylan Wallace, he's the sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. He'll be with us. We'll talk more about race. Uh, There's a lot of other IU basketball topics to get to today, and uh, we'll cover those with Dylan when he's with us. Then Kyle Neddenrip, 
of the Indianapolis Star will join us later in the hour today as we talk more hoops. And I tell you what, a changing of the guard I really sense locally with high school basketball coaches. A lot of jobs open this year. Locally, Todd Sturgeon stepping away from it. Last night up in Indianapolis, Jack Kiefer, who's a legendary coach and basketball figure in the high school ranks in our state, he announced his retirement. And you can see some other guys across the state, maybe even a few locally, that you would think in the next few seasons are probably getting to the end of the rope, probably getting to where they will announce their retirement as well. I'm thinking of Jim Shannon locally at New Albany, who's been at New Albany 24 years. But also think about J.R. Holmes, who's the state's all-time leading scorer at Bloomington South. So you can really see a changing of the guard. I think this year, if you look across the area in the state, is kind of year one of that change, but over the next two, three, four seasons, I think you'll look at a lot of these big traditional powerhouses in our state, whether it be in Indianapolis or locally, and you may not know the coach uh, like you've known some of these figures, or they may not have the ability that some of these Hall of Fame-type coaches have had. So kind of a different time as we uh, in the high school ranks as well uh, with some uh, some job news out there. We're following things locally, Jeffersonville and Floyd Central and New Washington. Those jobs are open right here in our backyard. Going to be interesting to see how those schools go about filling those roles. But uh, Jack Kiefer, a big note, we'll talk with Kyle Neddenrip about later in the show today. That's the lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, or curbside service still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. And uh, let's get into our headlines for today. Obviously, Race Thompson returning. That is headline number one. But a few other IU basketball notes or related notes to pass along. I saw a story yesterday uh, that IU basketball co-associate head coaches Kenya Hunter, Yasir Roseman, both receive raises with their promotions here in the offseason after the departure of Dane Fife. And anytime there's a adjustment in coaches or a restructuring in specific titles, normally that's a way to give someone a raise or give someone an increase. So you figured that uh, the co-associate head coach role for both would mean some sort of raise. Kenya Hunter is going to go up $25,000 from $350,000 to $375,000 from last season. And Rosemond, he goes way up, $75,000 increase, in fact. He'll go up to three seventy-five as well. So him and Hunter on the same level. He was previously making $300,000. And then new assistant coach Brian Walsh, he gets a raise from his previous support staff role. He's going to have a base salary of $225,000. Uh, All three assistant coaches, they receive Adidas product allowance of $2,000 and a courtesy car. All three can also earn bonuses of one month's base salary for making the NCAA tournament, plus an additional one month of their base salary for reaching the Sweet 16, the Final Four, and winning the national championship. So some real opportunities to take that 375 for Hunter or Roseman, the 225 for Walsh. And uh, getting to the NCAA tournament can help increase that and a lot of other bonuses. Could the Hoosiers find a way to advance 
uh, in year two of Coach Woodson's uh, tenure. Also, the transfer portal is hopping, but you know what? I saw someone, I can't remember who it is, I wanted to pull it up and read it word for word, but even though it's hopping and even though there's a ton of movement, it's not as big as what it was a year ago, not quite. And there also have not been near the number of players that entered the portal last year that have found a new home as of this date. So it's going to be really interesting to see uh, what happens with the portal this year. I just like comparing the numbers from year to year to see what the trends are. And obviously the trend is the transfer portal is a big part of college hoops these days. But uh, I thought just based on how quickly things got going out of the gate this offseason that there would definitely be a number of uh, more than last year transfer entries and players uh, exiting the portal as well going somewhere else. But that's not been the case. It's a little under last year as far as total number of players that have entered the portal so far. One of the players of interest, Detroit Mercy, Antone Davis, He was the 22nd best scorer in college basketball history at Detroit Mercy, playing for Mike Davis, his father and former IU coach. He grew up in Bloomington. He was a young kid when Mike Davis took over the IU program after Bob Knight was fired. Uh, He has entered the transfer portal, and uh, he is going to look to play somewhere, somewhere else for another season of college basketball, and you have to wonder if uh, perhaps uh, he will consider Indiana or would Indiana reach out to him given his connection to the state years back. Uh, But he definitely is a scorer. I would think there would be a lot of schools uh, that will jump on him immediately. Uh, Kind of a different situation, playing for his father, uh, you know, to enter the portal and, and get away from your dad as the coach obviously is a little different, but uh, he wanted to take a different path for the time he has left in college basketball. So he can continue to move up, the, you know, depending on where he goes and what his scoring output is like next season. He can continue to move up uh, in that all-time list of college basketball scoring history as well. Uh, one other uh, college basketball note, uh, you know, we talk a lot about NIL, especially in the offseason season. We think it's a big reason that Race Thompson is back at Indiana. It's probably a big reason that players like Trace Jackson Davis and really anyone that's not a guaranteed first-round pick, I think they've got to look harder at coming back to the college game because of the money they can bring in through the NIL process. And with that, another example of how NIL can make money for players at a time just a year or two ago this would not be allowed or even thought of Kansas, the Jayhawks, national champions just a few weeks ago, uh, they are embarking on a barnstorming tour across the basketball crazed state of Kansas. Imagine what it would be like if Indiana won a national championship. Imagine if this IU team went on a stop at high schools and other locations across the state, touring together with all the coaches and all the players, having VIP dinners, skills camps for the young kids, autograph signing sessions, and this money, the way this barnstorming tour has been structured, is going to basically go to the players. So uh, whether you were a starter on the Kansas National Championship team or someone that never played at all, walk on, you're going to get a chance to make, it sounds like, uh, some really good money here over the next few weeks as Kansas uh, enters this barnstorming tour. And I think even uh, the advertisement, the website for the tour in Kansas, uh, it's allowed that the players are able to scrimmage against each other. So fans, uh, if it's at a gym, 
will get a chance to see the team uh, in some sort of scrimmage game or some sort of action. So it's amazing to me how things have changed. You remember IU, the recruits at least, the incoming recruits, would make a barnstorming tour across the state to kind of introduce themselves. That was ruled not allowed by the NCAA, but now we're getting in a situation where if it's structured differently and it goes directly to the players, uh, maybe things like that could make a return. But uh, definitely interesting to see Kansas. They are all over trying to find ways, as they should, to capitalize for their players to make some money in their own pockets after the big NCAA tournament run that ended in a national championship. So big stuff by Kansas. And one IU football note, Indiana, number 66 in ESPN's 2022 College Football Power Index. What I took from that most is, of the of their ranking, they, they are the 11th school in the Big Ten Conference. So uh, near the back as far as the ESPN uh, power rankings index goes for the upcoming year. So going to be interesting to see as we get closer to the football season, as we really dig into where things stand with the quarterback race, other positions, new coaches settling in. What are really the expectations for IU football going to be this upcoming season. Those are our headlines for this Friday edition of the program. Uh, Don't forget that Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450. Send in your questions and comments for our guests or topics that you would like to chat about on today's show. And Thornton's is the uh, perfect stop for all the best pick-me-up items you need to get your day started, like their fresh coffee and delicious donuts. And again, the text line is 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. We'll head to a commercial break. Dylan Wallace of the Seymour Tribune, he's the sports editor there. He'll join us. We'll talk Race Thompson's return and more. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. Back here on this Friday program, Dylan Wallace of Seymour Tribune, the sports editor there, my guest. And don't forget the Thornton's text line is open at 502-414-1450. We're going to talk IU basketball. And, yes, the return of Race Thompson in this segment. So, Dylan, let's start right there. Any surprise that Race is back? And is this what I think it is, a really big get for Mike Woodson, or I should say a really big retention for Mike Woodson for next season? Yeah, I think it's huge. Um, and it, I wasn't necessarily surprised. Um, you know, I think for race, you know, if, if he wanted to go play professionally, uh, he, he'd probably have to find a spot overseas. You know, maybe he would be able to find a spot on a Jesus Gloss or something like that. Um, but I just think, you know, he, he's put in – a lot of work at Indiana. He's developed his game, and, and I think the, with the way that last season ended, a little bit of a sour note for him, especially. I think he, he played a little bit poorly down the stretch in the Big Ten tournament, in the NCAA tournament. Um, I think, you know, he, he wants to come back and then try to, you know, he had a taste of the NCAA tournament. He wants, he wants to, you know, try 
try, try to do it again and, and maybe get a little bit farther. And I, I think it's just huge for Indiana because, I mean, there were times during last season where I think all of us collectively agreed, you know, Riggs Thompson could be Indiana's best player or at least is the most consistent player. He definitely was one of the top three players when it was all said and done. Um, he's, he's just a huge piece. Um, and to be able to bring him back, that experience, it, you know, it answers some of the front court depth. Now you feel a little bit better if Trace does decide to go on and play professionally or, or you know, move on from Indiana. You feel a little bit better with the front court having Grace Thompson down there with Jordan Geronimo. So I think everything is a good thing uh, with Grace Thompson coming back. I think the fan base seemed all pretty excited, uh, you know, on, on social media and all that kind of stuff. You know, so um, it's really good for Mike Woodson to be able to get Race back. And uh, I think fans are going to love to have him back in the stands. He'll be one of the fan favorites. He already was, but it'll be great, kind of one last ride for him. So, sort of the super senior, you know, Indiana's finally got one of those guys. I know, you know everyone's talking about Bohannon and all these other guys from other Big Ten schools who've seen if they've been there forever. Now maybe other schools will be saying that about Rich Thompson because uh, I think he'll be he'll definitely be a really big contributor on the floor, and it was absolutely huge for the program, and uh, I'm, I'm excited to kind of see what he's able to do in his last year here. All right, Dylan Wallace is my guest talking IU basketball. You know, I think everybody's glad Race is back. I think he's a big retention for the team next season, but if he and Trace do come back, <clears throat> my first thought goes to Jordan Geronimo because I don't know that I would classify him as a front court player, but – I'm just a believer in him. I think that he is going to be really key uh, to any success that IU can have in the future, uh, regardless what happened with Thompson and obviously what still could happen with uh, Trace Jackson Davis. And a texter even sent this in. He said, shouldn't Geronimo be playing the three spot? Isn't he small for the four spot? And also he wanted to know what uh, we think the best position is for Trey Galloway, the one, two, or three spot. Let's start with your thoughts on Geronimo, is there a lineup combination uh, on a regular basis next season where you see Geronimo at the three, uh, Race and and Trace in there together? I think it's possible. I think it also depends on on how Geronimo is able to sort of continue to develop his game. We saw his shot really start to fall toward the end of the year. Um, he's obviously a, a huge contributor in the Big Ten tournament in, in that first playing game as well. So I think if he can be more perimeter-oriented, be a little bit quicker, guarding the ball, guarding those wings, be a little bit qu- be a little bit better off the bounce with his own dribbling handle, stuff like that, I think it's definitely possible. You know, I think a, a lot of those skill sets were a little bit raw his first two years. It started to come together at the end of last this past season. So if he continues to grow that part of it, if he can handle the ball a little better, if he can keep shooting the way he does, if he can guard quicker guys in the perimeter, then I think for sure if you slot Geronimo in at the three, he'd be one of those you know prototype six, seven wings that, you know, people love and, and a lot of NBA scouts love to see as well. So, I mean, if he's able to become one of those kind of players, I think it'd be huge for him. And then you can get those three guys on the floor together because you're right. I mean, if, if Race is back now and if Trace comes back, you know, I think people might be a little bit nervous, like, oh, man, you know, Geronimo, it's year three for him. Does he feel like, hey, I should be starting now? I don't want to keep coming off the bench and being the third guy to these two. You know, does he get? You know, you don't want him to get unhappy and then potentially leave because, as you said, I mean, he, he's going to be a really big piece for this team in the future. But I think the future means next season as well, and then his senior year. I mean, I think you know the future is now for Geronimo to really develop and play a lot more. I think he should have played a lot more last year, and he definitely should be have a lot of playing time this season. Um, so I'd be very interested to see uh, you know if they're able to slot him in at the three 
Um, and it could be it could be a really good thing for him, especially for his development. He's more of a, a he should be more of a wing kind of perimeter type player, anyways. You know, we don't want to be po- giving Geronimo post up or anything like that unless we've got like a smaller guard on him. So, uh, you know, if they're able to turn Geronimo into that kind of wing player, that'd be really good for his, his development and for the team in general to have someone like that long guarding people, blocking shots, changing, you know, get, you know, being able to dribble and get to the basket, stuff like that. So, you know, if he takes the jump, I think everyone hopes he can take. There's no reason why he shouldn't be, you know, kind of a, a wing player out of out, out the perimeter. And uh, I guess for Galloway, I, you know, I'm not really sure. I think he's, he's a pretty good secondary creator. So, you know, playing him just out on the perimeter as maybe a two-guard uh, kind of off, you know, guy like Xavier Johnson. I think we saw that a lot uh, last year. Just, you know, to have another guy who can, you know, get in the paint, create some things, you know, dribble drive to the basket, score on his own, kick it out, stuff like that. Uh, I think that's a good spot for Trey as well. So Trey, Trey also another guy that needs to really, really develop a three-point shot because, uh, you know, it, it's going to be tough. Teams like to leave him wide open. If those two guys, Galloway and Geronimo, can get consistent at shooting the three ball, uh, this team could be really good. All right, we're talking with Dylan Wallace. He's the sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. A lot of off-season IU basketball topics to cover today. Um, Race Thompson's return, I think, helps shore things up for next season as far as coaches, maybe a little bit more in the direction of knowing where they need to go in the transfer portal and you know what they're going to have available. One scholarship is all it is at this point for next season. Now the other big question that could be answered sooner rather than later possibly is Xavier Johnson. I really have not heard much more on his situation this week. It feels like he's he's staying and, and nothing's really gonna happen. Um, you know, I know he's. I think they've like pushed back the the appeal dates and stuff like that in, in the court for a little bit. But I mean, I don't think anything major is gonna happen with him um, in terms of kind of what what's he doing with the court system and that kind of stuff. Um, and then as far as the team, um, yeah, I'm not sure if 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 Whitting's gonna like a suspension of some sort for the first few games of the season if he, he can't do this or that I'm not really sure but I mean I feel like you know I, I know he he quote tweeted you know Ray Thompson's tweet saying he's staying with, with like an emoji so I mean it feels like X is, is probably coming back um, and I think a lot of people thought he would but I think the other part of it is if he if he does come back to he's facing any sort of penalty or like that I'm not really sure but yeah I mean I, I, it just feels like he's back on the team and, and there might not be too much blowback from kind of the incident he had. I mean, I'm sure internally Mike Woodson has probably had a number of conversations with him and stuff like that. But, I mean, as far as publicly, yeah, I mean, we haven't really heard a whole lot yet. I think it means he's probably just going to be back with the team, um, which, you know, which is a good thing for the audience the court purposes, obviously. All right, Dylan, uh, recruiting note, uh, and I, I think I've got the last name right, Peja Stovakovic, uh, a former great player in the NBA, or I guess currently a great player in the NBA. His son, and I believe it's Andre, I'm not sure if I'm saying it correctly, it's sure spelled differently, but he's a 2023 wing player. We've seen Indiana make some 2024 and even a 2025 offer here in the last few days, but uh, uh, this uh, legendary NBA player's son gets a scholarship offer as well. If he could shoot anything like his dad, uh, that'd, that'd be pretty good. I mean, Tanisalangovic was, was an amazing three-point shooter. Um, I think he was a part of that 2011 Mavericks team that, that won the NBA championship. I mean, he, he was a really good shooter. Um, and I do like how you know, Indiana's kind of got a little bit of the foreign flavor to him. And we obviously have the, the Miro Little offer for, I think that's 2023. Um, I, I think he's deciding pretty soon, isn't he? Isn't the, didn't he say it? 
sometime I, I this think, month or maybe next month? I think he was supposed to announce today sometime in the oh, 11 o'clock right. hour, but I, I, everybody is sure it's going to be Baylor. I haven't seen anything okay, pop yeah. up yet, but we'll check it out. So Yeah, I feel like he, he's probably fixed the Baylor profile. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that, that could be really good if they can bring in. I, I like that they're looking for shooting, um, you know, guys that can really really light it up from the outside. So, uh, you know, I, I remember my friends kind of texted me about it because they're like, oh, yeah, it's just Thomas Boyakovich. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. I mean, like I said, if he can, if he's got the, the shooting touch of his dad, then that, that'd be a pretty good thing. Yeah, that's the first thing I thought of when I saw his yeah. name come across is shooting, and he can shoot yep. it, or his sure dad sure can shoot it. And by the way, uh, somebody just texted me, uh, Miro or Miro Little, however you say it, right on okay. the dot at 11 a.m. this morning, he did commit to Baylor as expected. So Indiana was one of his three finalists, but I think as it came down the stretch with Dane Fife gone and everything even before that, it had been trending Baylor's way, but uh, Little – off the board to Baylor. Yeah, that makes sense. I think, you know, as you said, it was all kind of pointing to that over the last couple of weeks. When he announced his final three, I mean, it seemed like everyone was pretty sure Baylor would be the top one. And, I mean, you can't blame him. Baylor's been a really good program. Uh, Master Champion two years ago, they got to the Sweet 16, I think, or maybe the Grand 22 this past year. Uh, they just bring in a lot of really good guards. Their guy plays really good. It's a guard game now. And, uh, you know, that's where. That's where we're hoping Indiana takes his next step forward with, with Hood Jafino, you know, guys like Gabe Cup, CJ Gunn coming in. I mean, we're hoping that, you know, Indiana can kind of develop these guards because, you know, you need these guards to be good and you need them to be able to shoot great, be shot makers, you know, all that kind of stuff. So uh, hopefully Indiana's kind of, you know, getting kind of a retooling in the way that, in the sense that, you know, they're going to get a lot better guard play in the near future because that's what you need to be successful in the college game. All right. Talking about players in the transfer portal. You never know exactly who Indiana is going to go after. There's so many options out there. But one of interest that's kind of gained some traction with IU fans is Antone Davis, who is the youngest son of former IU coach Mike Davis. I remember uh, the youngest son being around as a little bitty kid when uh, IU made that Final Four run. But he averaged uh, almost 24 points a game last season playing for his father, at Detroit Mercy, he's entered the transfer portal, which is kind of odd because, yeah. uh, you know, your dad's the coach and you're his go-to guy in many respects. Uh, but he's going to find another place to play it for next season, it looks like. And, again, you talk about a scorer, a shooter. He would also fit that bill, and he's been in Bloomington. He knows the craze of uh, IU basketball in Bloomington, so I'm curious if there's any interest there. I'm sure there is at least a little bit. I mean, it, it always helps that he kind of knows – you know, about IU basketball and knows what it's like uh, when the program's kind of humming and what and what it, what it can, can look like and, and how, you know, excited the fan base can be. I mean, obviously fans would, would definitely embrace him fully if he were to come because of his name, because of his dad. So uh, that'd be a really cool get, uh, another kind of nostalgic, nostalgic name for Indiana and Mike Woodson to kind of get back with the program. Um, and, you know, he's kind of interesting that he's transferring, but I just feel like with, with just the transfer portal and, and the rules nowadays, you know, guys who are able to put up pretty decent numbers on these, you know, smaller, major, mid-major teams, you know, I just feel like they're going to get looked at a lot more. And, you know, programs are going to try to look at guys who have already played in college, who've had somewhat success, and try to bring them in to see what they can do at, you know, at a, at a high major level. So, I mean, I feel like, it, it you know, just as he played for his dad makes I also don't blame him. I mean, if you put up 24 points a game, I mean, I'm sure a lot of other schools are going to look at you and be like, wow, let's see what this kid can do with our program. If he can still kind of, you know, light it up and score like that. I mean, we've, 
we were kind of seeing it across the board. All these, you know, I mean, all the, you know, the same beers guys had a good run, and now all of them are going to be transferring, probably trying to go to a little bit of a of a higher major program as well. I'm sure. So uh, we're probably going to see that a lot. And, and I think I mentioned this a, a little bit ago. I mean, it just feels like colleges are going to be looking for kind of those kind of players, maybe a little bit more. They might focus on that a little bit more than high school recruiting or stuff like that, um, just because of the rules. You can just you know transfer, and you're automatically eligible to play, and you can just kind of slot right in. So. Uh, it's interesting, but I mean that'd be that'd be a cool thing for Nana to get him, or, and I'm sure there, there's interest just from the background, like you said. All right, Dylan Wallace, our guest. We have a bad connection with Dylan today. I know some of you had texted me and said you're having trouble hearing him, so we apologize for that. But, Dylan, appreciate the time. Just a couple other things to get to before we uh, let you go today. IU football, I saw number 66 uh, in the ESPN college football index ratings for this year the 11th best rating for a team in the big 10 conference uh wow that surprises me a little bit yeah yeah it does uh, i mean it should be should be interesting and i feel like all the the kind of preseason things for indiana when you rank them against the big 10 it always just seems a little low you know um you know you just feel like hey they should might be they should be a little bit above some of these other programs but um, I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I feel like it's kind of just par for the course with, with what Indiana has has done uh, for the most part. But, I mean, I think, I think you know, what we've seen this offseason has been uh, sort of positive. I mean, I think it's been a lot of positive things coming out of spring practice for them. Um, you know, I, I kind of – I think the coaching staff has kind of fit well together. I think they, they had a video of, like, Chad Wilt, and he, was, he seemed like kind of just like a Tom Allen guy. Very, very – very positive, very motivational uh, and during like a practice tip during spring clip. So, I mean, I think they, you know, they should be, they should be all right. I mean, hopefully, you know, we can avoid the disaster that was last season. Um, but I mean, it does always feel like whenever they put up those, how Indiana ranks among big, whether it's even recruiting, although I know they've recruited better as of late, but it just feels like they're always a little bit lower than you might want them to be in terms of who they stack up against in their own conference. But uh, hopefully, hopefully it doesn't, uh, doesn't reflect any of the on court stuff. Uh, hopefully, hopefully a little bit, a little bit better that way. And uh, sorry about the if the connection's bad. I mean, I'm in a little, little bit of a different location. I'm, I went back home for Easter, so maybe, maybe that's the call. I'm not back where I usually am on Fridays, but uh, hopefully, uh, it gets a little bit better. Yep, no problem. We appreciate having you, Dylan Wallace. He's the sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, and he joins us Fridays to help wrap up the week from an IU perspective. Dylan, have a great Easter, and uh, we'll talk with you again a week from now. Yep, you too. Thank you. All right. Also, I wanted to mention that uh, Kenny Payne over at Louisville, after hiring Nolan Smith earlier in the week, uh, there are reports out there that he is going to hire Danny Manning, who, of course, played at Kansas, has had a number of different stops as a Division One coach, but most recently was at Maryland, where he was the interim head coach, uh, taking over for Coach Turgeon, I guess really less than a month into the season. He took that position with Coach Sturgeon kind of resigning abruptly. So uh, Payne, Coach Payne, building a good staff, and Danny Manning, who was in the Big Ten last season, he'll be uh, on the sidelines for the Cardinals, it seems, next se- season. That hire could be announced as soon as later this afternoon according to a report that I I just saw here from ESPN. We'll head to a commercial break. When we come back, Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star will join. Lots to get to with Kyle today, Uh, some high school basketball stuff, recruiting, and more. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.
We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach, who got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. Back, final segment of the week. We can't connect with Kyle Nedenrip, so no Kyle today so far, but just a few things I plan to cover with him. I'll mention Jack Kiefer at Lawrence North as far as a legend at the high school ranks in our state. He is retiring 50 years in coaching in our state, and amazingly, he spent 46 of those 50 years at Lawrence North High School and was the only coach uh, that Lawrence North has ever had in the history of the school. So uh, that is an unbelievable feat. Uh, he's second, I believe, on the current list of all-time winning as coaches. J.R. Holmes of Bloomington South, who's still at it as of date, uh, is number one on that list. But Kiefer has been a real legend in our state, 78 years old, uh, and he is going to enter retirement. He announced that yesterday. So we'll be interesting to see what Lawrence North does. Also, another thing I wanted to mention with Kyle, uh, eight-man football is a alternative to regular football, and it's coming to uh, Indiana high schools. Uh, this is something that is uh, is catching on in other states, I understand, and is something that um, it could be maybe the next phase, especially for smaller schools, Indiana. I think uh, there's going to be eight to ten teams. I saw Kyle write, uh, wrote a story about this earlier in the week that are planning to play uh, eight-man football in the pilot season. It's a program that is going to be overseen by the IHSA. So definitely something to keep an eye on. I think I was reading in Michigan that it had really caught on in Michigan uh, and some other states. So uh, not something that you maybe think of, but as football and the numbers it requires becomes uh, tougher in some situations, maybe eight-man football has a bright future here in Indiana as well. So that's something to keep an eye on. Also, this is just kind of interesting if you follow high school basketball in our state. North Davies won the 1A state championship back at the end of March and had a chance to see them play at Seymour in the semi-state. Then they played just before Providence in the 1A state championship game at Gainbridge Fieldhouse. They were a really good team for a small school. They they played a, a slower, methodical style at times. But I tell you what, in the state tournament, it, it, they also sped it up a little bit, I thought, or played a normal pace uh, at other times. So they could play both ways. But they had a great fan base. They're from that Lagodi bar Reeve area where basketball is all that goes on, and every, it just it's the king in that area. You got to love it. But uh, they, uh, with their state championship, are going to move up, or we're going to have to move up to 2A based on the tournament success factor points that you're awarded each year based on your success round by round in the state tournament. Uh, North Davies announced earlier this morning that they have asked or and have been approved to skip over 2A, and they're going to play in Class 3A for the next two seasons. Uh, the school tweeted out a, a little note that they asked their players. It was a 13-0 vote, coaches and administration, to be involved in this decision, and that this is something they had discussed going all the way back to December when they realized that this could have been a possibility. So obviously, and I, I don't 
off the top of my head, I can't recall the the sectional in 2A that they likely would go into when that is announced sometime later in May. But I'm sure that the decision-making here partially is to avoid a really tough sectional uh, in 2A, and I think potentially uh, a meeting with someone like Providence or Brownstown. I think Brownstown is going to be really the team to watch in Southern Indiana 2A basketball now that they're dropping down when the sectional alignments are announced here in in May. We do know they're going to be in 2A, so I'm sure there's a strategic part to it as well, but they're spinning it as, uh, hey, in 3A, the likely sectional will be assigned to is at the Hatchet House in Washington, and what an opportunity it would be to play there. I guess going back to the old days of single-class basketball, that was also the site of their sectional. So very interesting to see. You, any school can elect to play up as much as they want. I think it's generally always approved by the IHSA. So if a 1A school was really good wanted to go up all the way to 4A, they could apply for that, and I think generally that would be approved by the IHSA. But very different, very, uh, I think, odd set of circumstances, but we'll see. North Davies is a good basketball program from a great part of the state where even the small schools are really good, really talented year after year. A lot of great coaches in that area as well. So uh, North Davies is going to be in 3A next season after winning the 1A state championship a year ago. A couple other IU notes as well. Uh, the Jordan Brand Classic will take place tonight in Chicago, it's going to be on television. Uh, and Jalen Hood Shafino, who was skipped over, I thought, uh, probably a close miss in the McDonald's All American game. Uh, he will be on the roster for the boys' game tonight. So if you've not seen uh, Jalen Hood Shafino play, it's an 8 o'clock Eastern, 7 o'clock Central time start for the boys' game. And I forget which network is it, it is on. I think it's one of the ESPN platforms, but you'll be able to uh, see him. Very talented player who should, I think, uh, get a real opportunity to help IU uh, right out of the gate as a freshman next season. And also, IU has offered another player, very interesting player. Uh, his name is Koa Pete. He's in the class of 2025. He's considered one of the top players in the class. He's from Compton, or at least he plays for the Compton Magic. He's from somewhere in that area in California, but uh, really someone, a young player to watch. So you've got Pete from California that IU has offered. Also, two in-state guys to really pay attention to in that 2025 class, Jalen Harrelson from Fishers and also Trent Sisley from Heritage Hills as well. So uh, starting to even figure things out talent-wise in that 2025 class locally and beyond, IU's really getting involved with some good players very, very early on in that class. But just to look at some other headlines as we've been unable to get Kyle uh, dead and rip in this segment. A couple other reminders for you. New Albany and Jeff Baseball will play next Wednesday night, and that uh, happens to be an off night for the Bats, the Louisville Bats, of course, now here on the Big X. Uh, we have got uh, them uh, on a daily basis. They play really Tuesday through Sunday, but we'll have that uh, New Albany-Jeff game for you next Wednesday night. Uh, I think first pitch in that contest is scheduled for 7 p.m., and uh, we'll be there uh, for that call of that game. 
and we hope to have some other high school basketball. We're going to arrange some things here a little bit later in the spring as well. Don't forget, if you missed the live show, you can always find us as a podcast. We're available on Apple Podcast and wherever you may listen to podcasts. All you got to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison, and you'll find us there. Uh, love to have you with us uh, each time uh, we do this, whether it's live on the radio or on the podcast as well. Have a great weekend. That's going to do it for this week. I'll be back with you Monday at 11 a.m. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.